The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, uh, the Women of Honour Group has said they hope the government's publication of a year-long independent review into gender-based violence, harassment and bullying in the Defence Forces will be a historic moment and will lead to change. 88% of female respondents in the IRG Defence Force Perceptions and Experience Survey reported that they have experienced one or more forms of sexual harassment compared to 17% of male respondents. Yvonne O'Rourke, retired captain in the Irish Air Corps, and Corina Malloy, retired Company Quartermaster Sergeant, uh, both members of the Women of Honour group, join me now. Good morning, Yvonne. Good morning, Pat. Thank you for having us on. Good morning, Karina. Now, Good morning, Pat. We spoke to Karina before uh, about her career in the Army. Yvonne, we haven't spoken to you thus far. You were only 17 when you joined. That's correct, Pat. So I would have joined the Defence Forces on the 4th of November 1991. And that is right. I was only 17 when I joined. Now, you expected one thing and very quickly you found another. How bad was it? Look, when I went into the cadet school, I went in there full of energy, full of enthusiasm. I was an athletic person. I just loved doing athletics. I loved soccer. So I went in and I really wanted to do um, something that was challenging. And for me, when I read up about the cadet school, I said, this is the ideal job for me. But when I arrived into the Curra, it is a culture shock. It is a place that, I mean, they have to discipline you, you, you Pat. So you, you understand that some certain things have to come with that. But it was a culture shock. Within days, we had our hair was shaved. Um, so we had the back of our hair had to be shaved to meet with the beret on top of your head. You were subject the whole time to maybe room and uniform inspections. You were on runs. You were doing combat runs. And as a matter of fact, for me, when I went to participate in this um, exercise called Scratch, which is done in the Glen of Amal, I actually ended up slipping a disc which meant a programme that should have taken me the cadet school 21 months. For me, it actually took me 32 months. So I found that a very difficult um, time, yeah, now, very difficult period. Were you treated differently as a woman uh, or was this a, a rough path for everybody irrespective of their sex? Well, obviously my story, and you will hear from other women of honour, their stories. With me, Pat, what happened... Um, you know, obviously, I did take a case of discrimination. I was, unfortunately, sexually abused. So with me, um, I clearly outlined to them in 2013 that I firmly believed I had been discriminated against. When I did become pregnant, I received two week appraisals, one in 2010 when I had my first son and one in 2011 when I had my second son. So I got two consecutive appraisals in 2012 and a one week apart which both clearly stated that I was weak at a time when I had availed of all my maternity leave, most parental leave, some annual leave. So I had taken a lot of leave during that time. So clearly I had to challenge that and I did challenge that. But as you will know, and even from reading the report, once you complain or once you raise your head over the parapet very quickly, then um, we have this concept called mobbing. You become kind of uh, pinpointed as in, even for me at one stage, and I learned this thereafter, um, an officer was told by a senior officer not to be seen with me if she wanted to go further. So unfortunately, this is the reality, the hard reality on the ground. So obviously for me, there was discrimination. It was linked to me being pregnant at the time, but there's a lot more to this. We have a complaint system in there at the moment, Pat, that I really believe, in my, my opinion, 
it's not fit for purpose. And we welcome the report and we welcome the findings in relation to that is something that has fallen out from the report and that we have read now that that came out just yesterday. Effectively, they're saying that anything that is internal to the Defence Forces is really not fit for purpose. There has got to be an independent uh, reporting system if you want to make a complaint that it's got to be done outside the, the forces because you cannot have one officer investigating another uh, old boys club etc. Absolutely and I think that's reflected in my personal story because in 2013 I did initiate an internal complaint but just by chance I suppose at the time I was kind of conscious of how this was going to fare out or how it was going to conclude so I took an external claim case as well to the Workplace Relations Commission. So the two of those cases, they ran parallel to each other. And we can see with the internal system, eventually up to the Ombudsman and Minister telling me that I was not discriminated against. And the WRC, the Workplace Relations Commission, would counteract that. And in December 2020, it would find not only was I systemically discriminated against, but that the Defence Forces would have to do training and would have to do a review in this whole area. And they were given deadlines in which they had to do that. Mm. Now, at one stage during that process, I was offered 100000 to settle. And just thank God I didn't settle, because if I did, then that ruling wouldn't be part of, um, I suppose, it would be even part of the report today. Now, in the report, it talks about uh, if you do complain, if you do put your head above the parapet, that basically it's career ending, certainly promotion ending. Uh, How was your promotion pathway? Absolutely. So with me, when I got those weak appraisals at that stage, I had to do this course called a junior command and staff course, and that needed to be completed in order to get promoted. But one of the reasons they would not put me on that course, I had to get this through an FOI, was because of those weak appraisals. So in effect, because I got pregnant, because I got weak appraisals at one point in my career, that actually, in effect, stopped me going on a promotional course. Now, just to clarify why, Yvonne, you didn't participate in the research done by this independent review group and the Women of Honour did not, why was that? Well, we felt from day one that the independent review group did not have this, this tools, the proper statutory tools to investigate this matter properly. Now, that said, Pat, we have to make it very clear that we commend the bravery of everyone that did attend the IRJ. We have to really say that they've spilt out, we've spoken to these people, they've spilt out their, their soul and their guts to a judge. And that's not an easy task. And they did that. So we commend them completely. So the fact that we didn't participate in it simply was because we actually got to sit as well in front of the minister and the minister had heard our stories as well. But we always said from day one, we needed the statutory inquiry. And that's what we were always holding out, that this moment that has happened now yesterday would actually happen. Yeah. Now, you've been promised a statutory inquiry and uh, there maybe is not clarity yet as to what form it will take, but uh, it is a statutory inquiry. Have you any concerns that uh, you won't get the kind of inquiry that you need? Well, that would be our next process. So obviously we need to get back into the room with Micheál Martin and we need to actually sit down and discuss and ensure that the terms of reference will be what is needed. This is not going to be easy. We know we've only started the race now. 
we know we fought a bit of a fight there, but we know that we have a whole marathon to run. But we want the process to be clear, open and transparent. And we need to be involved in every step of this process. And we need to have absolute, I don't know if we use control, but we need to be completely, have a firm grip of what the terms of reference are. We need to be completely involved in that process. Well, we'll see how that unfolds. Um, Corina, listening to that conversation with Yvonne, and uh, we spoke to you about your career, nothing in this report probably shocked you because uh, you told us so many details of the unacceptable behaviour of uh, some of your colleagues throughout your career. Uh, yes, Pat, absolutely nothing surprised me in, in that in that report because I and all the other members of Home of Honour and lots of other victims have lived through all of those examples and are now, unfortunately, still living through some of those examples in that in that report. Now, the problem, as I see it, is that this misogyny seems to be um, so permeated throughout the defence forces. Uh, how do you get rid of it? I mean, you can change the rules, but it's very harder, much harder to change attitudes. Yes, it's very, very hard to change attitude, as you would, you would say the 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 um the dinosaurs that are still left in the defence forces, they they either uh, shape up or ship out, and that's the bottom line because change is coming, and they cannot they cannot get get change the destination of of the train, they they have to stay on track now and get and come on board with the changes that are absolutely necessary to remove. Finally, this toxic, misogynistic culture that that is still in the defence forces, and no amount of these lovely videos of it stops now, or um, unethical bias, uh, unconscious bias training, is going to help here. The the, the mind of the the people from the top has to has to to change. They just have to embrace the change, and that's the bottom line. Now, uh, the report tells us that 88% of female respondents in the uh, survey reported that they'd experienced one or more forms of sexual harassment. Uh, 17% of uh, male respondents said the same, but 88%. um, Very few, of course, uh, were reported as as crimes in the case of rape, for instance. I mean, do you expect that on foot of all of these inquiries, this IRG survey and then a statutory inquiry, that there might even be prosecutions? Well, that's what we're hoping for. That That is our ultimate aim. That is what a full public statutory inquiry is going to bring about. It's going to bring about, finally, actionable accountability and bring criminal charges. Because sexual assault, and unfortunately rape, is a criminal offence. It's a criminal offence. You, you, When you get, get found guilty in a court-martial of a sexual assault, or, God forbid, rape, you have you have committed a criminal offence, and you will be and should be discharged immediately from the defence forces and put on the sex offenders register, and that's the bottom line. Um, do you appreciate that that process might be well very painful for the defence forces? Number one, but also maybe a very difficult legal path. Absolutely, I, I do agree with both of those points. But you also have you have to have that this image of this this um, uh, young private who has been sexually assaulted. She has to feel absolutely secure in her convictions to go ahead 
I'm reporting it. I will see justice. Justice has is my right. And if if they start um, demonstrating accountability by discharging people, then the next male or female victim will not be afraid to put their head above the parapet and go ahead. Yes, well, I'm reporting this because because the victims take it. It's each inside of them. We have to protect the victims. It's it's not a once once off. Oh, I was sexually assaulted last week. Asher, I'll just get over it. No, you can't just get over it. It stays with you for years and years and years and causes problems down the road for these people. And ultimately, sometimes, as in the report, it has caused suicide. Uh, just a, a point, the, a couple of contributions that are quoted in the report refer to uh, also uh, some bullying and even sexual advances by women. Did you come across any of that in uh, senior officers? Um, unfortunately, I will have to admit that, yes, I, I have personally been bullied by a, female, by a female officer. Yes, and I do know of female officers and female NCOs that are bullying Um for other females, yes, unfortunately, that is true. Mm. Um, so that misogyny, I mean, it's more than that. There is some sort of toxicity that exists uh, throughout the Defence Forces. And the problem with the report, I suppose, is that it, it is still there to this day. This is not historical stuff uh, we're looking at, Karina. No, absolutely not. The historical stuff is, is horrific and, and it's, it's there for everyone to, to read. But now, unfortunately, it's still happening and still existing. Now, uh, we have a a statement from the uh, Chief of Staff uh, because uh, he obviously is concerned about uh, the job he's got to do now. He says, the findings of this report are stark. We need to change. There is no place for any form of abuse or failure to act on any form of inappropriate behaviour in the Defence Forces. It is contrary to our ethos and values and will not be tolerated. We're working tirelessly to ensure the Defence Forces is a workplace where the pervading culture is underpinned by the principles of dignity, equality, mutual respect and duty of care. And he says, my first priority is the safety and well-being of our serving members and we're fully committed to achieving the necessary cultural change in our organisation. So that ethos that he uh, describes there, which is a worthy ethos in those uh, descriptive words, um, that's not what either of you experienced, Yvonne. Well, well, this is it. And I think you made the point very clear there. I mean, this, there was a survey done, the one that you related to. So in 2022, that survey, as you have stated, reported that 88% of females felt that they had been sexually harassed on more than one occasion. And 46% had, percent had felt that they had unwanted, um, it was like unwanted conduct in relation to a sexual assault like towards them unwanted behaviour. So so this is the reality in 2022. Now, make it very clear as well, Pat, we're not just talking about women, we're talking about men as well. So we are out there. We are out there to champion, to be the voice of the voiceless, to ensure that those in there, and there are in there, they're ringing us, Pat, who are being bullied, who are being discriminated against, who are being victimised, who are raising a complaint and then mobbing happens when the wagons are circled, people then witness or they experience this concept called mobbing. I myself had to wait until I left the Defence Forces. So I left the Defence Forces in 2016 and then 
in January 2017, I put in my protective disclosure. I informed them that I was sexually abused. I informed them that I was bullied. I informed them that I was discriminated against. So look, we welcome the report, but there's a lot of work to be done and we are willing and we're up for the challenge to run with everyone who's behind us. And we just hope that those people who have not come out and spoke yet, if we're talking 88% of women in 2022 are saying that they've been sexually harassed, um, we need every voice to be heard now in the statutory inquiry so that we can really investigate and make proper change. There needs to be a victim-led statutory inquiry. Everyone's voice needs to be heard. Proper action needs to be taken. And the abuse needs to stop now. And and finally, um, Corina, maybe, you know, you've got to reform this organisation Why it's still doing the vital job that we require of our defence forces. I've often used the term, it's trying to service a 747 while it's in the air. It's very difficult to do. So you've got to reform the force while it still continues to serve its purpose. Um, yes, that's correct. The, the job has to continue to be done and um, uh, prevention has to be put into place. And that's, that's, the, re- that's the reality of, of, of the situation mm. within the Defence Forces now. Yes, unfortunately. All right. Well, look, we leave it there. Thank you both very much for joining us. Yvonne O'Rourke, retired captain in the Irish Air Corps, and Corina Malloy, retired company quartermaster sergeant. Thank you very, very much for joining us. And thank you, Pat. We really welcome this. Thank you so, so much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.